It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley. This is Cuda Confidential. The official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our next guest is a native of Berlin, Germany. And in the summer of 2023, he was traded from the Winnipeg Jets, who drafted him in 2017, to the San Jose Sharks for defenseman Artemi Kinyaza. We are happy to welcome Leon Gavanke to the Cuda Confidential podcast. Leon Gavanke is our guest. Leon, first of all, thank you for the time. And welcome to San Jose. I know it's been, a, it's been I'm sure, a whirlwind for you over the last couple of months as you've kind of integrated yourself into the organization. But just give us... Your feelings on, on new surroundings, first season in San Jose, and how it's gone for you so far? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, yeah, I got here a while ago. I came like three weeks before um, Sharks camp already. So I'm here like a good two months now. And um, yeah, I have nothing to complain. I mean, the weather is unbelievable. And um, yeah, it's just nice living in California, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you spent your first four seasons of pro in Winnipeg. You were drafted by the Jets. You played for the Moose. So, you know, Winnipeg's a great hockey city, but a different different place for sure. Different winters. Uh, that's uh, that's definitely uh, an understatement. So your first time on the West Coast, um, have you been able to explore it all, kind of check out the surroundings at this point? Yeah, like I tried to do as much as I could. I think um, before the season, like we went down to Santa Cruz, we went to San Francisco, obviously, um, like see kind of like all the um, sightseeing stuff there, you know, like we went to Alcatraz, me and my girlfriend. And um, yeah, but other than that, it's kind of kind of hard right now, obviously, with all the schedule and stuff to do like something crazy. But um, no, it was nice. Like uh, even when we had that team building thing, just to see like the mountains and the golf was in the mountains too. And it's, it's just such a, such a great place on earth. That's for sure. Did you expect to be traded? Did it come out of the blue or is this something that was maybe in the works a little bit? Um, I was at the end, I was definitely surprised. Um, at one point, obviously I, I really wanted to get traded. I think I wanted to have like a fresh start, maybe different scenery and everything. But then, obviously, after the season, going back home, signing in Germany, you know, you're kind of like, you're always still open. But then there was the draft, nothing really happened. So, and then a week after, I got the I got the call. And then I was going to head to Mannheim, actually, that week. And so it was it, it definitely caught me a little off guard. But, um, yeah, when I heard uh, it was San Jose and um when my agent called me i was just i was just excited and i was just thankful to that i don't have to that i don't have to end my career in north america yet without reaching my goal well i'm sure your goal is to to get to the national hockey league i want to ask you about that because you were signed you were planning on if i if i'm not mistaken to go back to germany so you were going to be done at least in the in the immediate future in north america but then the trade goes down so you end up sticking around so kind of walk us through that signing in, in germany planning on going back home and then how this all just kind of unwinded and transpired for you yeah um well it was kind of just for me 
I, I didn't really see a lot of future in Winnipeg for myself, um, just what I've been seeing over the last couple of years. So um, I was kind of, obviously, I still wanted to be in North America, but since I'm drafted there, since they have my rights and everything, I don't really have much of a choice but playing there. Um, so I was like pretty settled with myself that I didn't want to return to there and that my only option is obviously going to be uh, going back home. And um yeah, then I had really, really good talks, obviously, with, with Mannheim, and they were great, and I, I signed a really good contract there. Um, but like I said, since the start we talked to them, it was always there was always uh, the thing that this could still happen with the trade and everything. So they were always good to me, and they knew that I'm still chasing my dream, you know, and um, uh, so that's kind of how it went, yeah, but... Um, it was it was a little surprising at the end, but um, everyone was really good with it and and helped me a lot from the team in Germany wise for sure. How important for a player? You're coming off your best season as a pro. You had 20 goals last year from the blue line. You had 45 total points. So personally, you're coming off an outstanding season, but. You mentioned it, a fresh start sometimes is just so important for a player, trying to get maybe a fresh set of eyeballs on you too, a different regime, different front office. So how important can it be for a player to have a fresh start and a new beginning? Yeah, I think you see it all over the place every time. Players uh, are struggling a little, they get moved to a different place and all of a sudden they're playing at their best again, you know? So it happens all the time and I think uh, just have different people look at you maybe in a different way. Then I got looked at in Winnipeg. I think uh, everyone here obviously uh, knows my stats in the past and everything. So um, I think it's definitely a good thing um, to have a fresh start and that I can that I can show who I am um, in the stage of my career where I am right now. Because obviously in Winnipeg I came in as a little prospect and everything, and and now I feel like I'm I'm a real pro. Let's say it that way, and and I can come in and I can maybe get uh, get a different view of me right away and um so yeah i'm i'm i just really hope it's going to work out for me and um i'm excited for the opportunity and i'm going to give it a, i'm going to give it uh, all i have you mentioned the word pro and whether you're a player or in my situation a broadcaster years of experience can go so long in just how you view things how you handle things what has changed from four years ago when you were coming in as a as a green young prospect trying to make an impression to now in your fifth season in North America as a professional? Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot changed. I think uh, coming in, you kind of try to not really be in the middle of, in the point of focus, try to like hide sometimes from a little things, you know, in practice it's just think about don't make a mistake or anything, you know, but uh, now if you, if you get that experience over the years, like, you know, the league, you know, most of the players from just playing against them and all of that, you know, kind of what it takes to, to be, to get to that level or to, um, to stay at that level. And I think just in general, like coming in, I think uh, you come in with a different mindset. Like you, you come there and you're fighting for a job, and you're you're not just trying to trying to to do decent. Like you're trying to take someone else's job. So you gotta you gotta obviously be out there and, and be yourself and show everything you can. And I think the first couple couple of years, um, you're always like holding back a little. You know, there's older guys and all of that. So I think. It's definitely a, a big advantage, and the more years you get under your belt, I think um, the easier it is coming into training camp and, and performing right away. 
We're talking to Barracuda defenseman Leon Gavanke. We mentioned your season last year, 20 goals, 45 total points. 20 goals in the AHL is impressive if you're a forward. You were coming and doing that as a defenseman. So what do you feel like was, beyond experience, beyond uh, just confidence, uh, was the big key to that breakout offensive season? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've always contributed offensively, and I think last year just I just took another step. And then on the other side um, – we had a we had a really good group of guys. I mean, that team we almost built around for like 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 three seasons. We pretty much all stayed together, and in the AHL, that's that's really rare to see a team uh, go with that many guys into that many years in a row. And I think we just had a really really good chemistry, like with my D partner especially too. And then um, our power play was really clicking. And I think at the end, like we knew each other so well that they knew exactly where I always was. And then I knew exactly from what kind of player I would get a pass in this situation. And so, yeah, at the end, I think um, it just worked out really well for me and things were going in, but obviously it's hard work too. Like uh, I think um, it was my fifth year in Winnipeg at that point. And uh, like I was, I turned into a leader in a team and I tried to take it as much as I can. And yeah, like it, it went really well and it was a fun year last year for sure. You mentioned just having that comfort level, that maybe sixth sense to a degree, just because you've played with guys for a long time. This year so far in the early going, your defensive partner has been Shakir Mukamadoulin, obviously very talented young player. Sharks are excited about what his potential could be. What has it been like playing with him and, and how has the, I guess, the, the comfort level transpired so far in the early going? Yeah, it's been awesome. I think uh, he's, he's a really, really good player. And I don't think I've really ever played with a guy that is that for his age already like it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to be out there with him and it amazes me actually again every, every time again and um yeah he i think he he sees the game really well he has a really great vision and i love to play with players that have good vision that see me and that also see the open room when i have the puck because i can make that pass so um yeah so far it's, it's been awesome and um yeah i'm excited i'm excited to keep playing with him for sure for people listening to this interview, they're going to notice how good your English is. We talked about this a little bit the other day. This is your eighth year now in North America. You spent three years in the Quebec League, four years in Winnipeg, now your first season in San Jose. So you've been around now in, in the U.S. and in Canada for quite some time. But you also learned some English as a kid. That's just part of the curriculum from an early age. Um, but being immersed here in North America, how much has that helped your English? Oh, a lot for sure. I mean... Um... Yeah, when I came to Cape Breton, I think like my English was decent, but definitely not at the level where it is now. Um, I think just uh, speaking it all day and um, just hearing conversations next to you all day in English, I think it just helps so much. And then eventually you just start to, to pick up a new word every day, you know, and then um, obviously you have times where you have to ask your buddies or your friends uh what that's called or what that word is and stuff. And I think over the years, you just learn so quick. And um, yeah, but um, I had it in school for 10 years, um, obviously a little different in school. But um, now, yeah, like you said, it's it's like my eighth season over here. And uh, it's sometimes I actually have problems when I come back home to, to talk English for the first, uh, German for the first couple of weeks. So um, yeah, that's, 
Definitely. Uh, it's a good thing to have though. <laughs> it's it's really funny you say that because that was going to be my follow-up question. Last year, William Eklund was, I think, the only Swede on the team for about three quarters of the year. So he's talking English the entire time. And he said he was really rusty when his mom came and visited yeah. just because he hadn't really yeah. spoke any, any Swedish uh, for months on end. He was just speaking English. When you came to North America, you played for Cape Breton, which is in uh, Nova Scotia. So I'm sure that was a cultural shock for you coming over the pond from Germany. What was that like, uh, you know, being a young kid, a teen at that point, continuing your career, but going to just an unknown, unknown part of the world to you at that point? Yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely a culture shock, like you said. I mean, coming from a city of Berlin into a, a little town in Sydney in Nova Scotia. So, um, yeah, that was definitely no. But uh, yeah, my junior, my junior career, my junior time was great. Um, I think it's actually funny because I. I talked to a lot of teams during that year and I said no to all of them because I didn't want to come to North America. I wanted to stay in Berlin. I was going to sign a pro contract that year, finish my school, do my driving license, all that stuff. And um, yeah, then actually Cape Breton just ended up taking me. And um, then the coach and GM at that time, uh, Marc-Andre Dumont, he kept, uh, he kept calling me. He he didn't let me, didn't let me go. And then, me and my mom actually went to visit and ever since then I was kind of like, yeah, if I really want to make it to the NHL, I should go that way. And um, yeah, he was, it was just super nice because he had the billets there right away. They were, they were super great. My billets, they helped me so much. Like they made me feel comfortable right away. And um, yeah, all of that, I think just as a young, as a young European, if you come over and I was the first time away from home ever, it was like, I was always living with my mom and, but that I the the fact that I knew where I was going and like I met the people before that I was gonna live with helped a lot and um, yeah and from then on it was just the hospitality and the the um, how nice the people are out there uh, in in Cape Breton is amazing and um, I really loved my time there and I only have have good things to say about that place. So I want to ask, what was the biggest thing that you missed about home when you made that that? pilgrimage uh, to North America? Well, it was obviously my family and friends first, but I think by now I would definitely say the food. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, we got we got a little better food over there than here. <laughs> As a Californian, whenever I leave the area, I always miss the Mexican food here just because I grew up on it and it's just almost like soul food and comfort food for me. What was the dish that you missed the most when you were uh, in Canada? Oh, it's uh, it's like... It's called Königsberger Klopse, and they're from my grandma, and uh, they're like her specialty. And every time I'm there, I'm getting this, and my uh, grandpa always gets sick when I when I come because he has to eat those things again. But they're like little, like or like bigger, like meatballs kinda, and she makes like a great like kind of gravy with it, but it tastes like a lot different. And then just potato and uh, carrots with it. But yeah, that's my absolute go-to, and I definitely miss that a lot. <laughs> All right, you have to have her make us some. Maybe put it on some dry ice or something. Oh, I can, I can. My my grandma's got to come over for that. She's got to come over. That's okay. Yeah, that's if I make favorite. them, they're not going to taste good. <laughs> I love it. So when you made the decision to come to North America, play in Nova Scotia, play for the the Screaming Eagles, um, and as you look back now on that time, why was it so important for your development in, in your mind, uh, making that trip, making that that decision in your career? Um, yeah, I think just in general, I, I say this a lot in Germany too. I say 
if young guys have the chance to come play junior in North America, they should definitely do that because it's just the the standards and like the hockey they teach you here is obviously just so different and you have so much more options here. Like in my junior team back home, we had like two coaches and they were doing video, they were doing everything else and they were literally doing everything, you know? And then I came to Cape Breton, all of a sudden there's five coaches on the ice with me and we have a goalie coach, we have a video coach, we have all that stuff, you know? So I think it's just for development as a, as a young kid, I think you have way better opportunity over here. And then on the other side, obviously, if you look towards the NHL, I think um, you're not really on the radar if you're playing in the German like youth league. You know, I think uh, in the Q and or anywhere in the CHL, I mean, there's a bunch of NHL scouts at every game. So at at that point, you're looking, and if you're not a if you're not a like supposed to be first rounder and you're playing pro already with 17 and uh, in Europe, I think it's it's definitely the right. Uh, step to take to go to Canada or the US and uh, play junior here just because I said you, you you just have way more opportunities to get better and have more staff to like help you with we're talking to Barracuda defenseman Leon Gavanke you talked about just two coaches they're doing everything they're probably planning trips and, and taking mm-hmm. care of all the kids and and everything that goes into trying to run a hockey team but when you were a young kid and now to the current state, there just seems like there's so many more German players, high-end German players at the National Hockey League level. How much have you seen the game grow in your home country over the last decade? Yeah, a lot. Um, and I get we get that asked a lot, especially when we're on the national team and everything. And I think, um, yeah, the best example is what you just said. Like when I was in the CHL, I think, I had one more guy. It was actually Manuel Videra. He played for um, Roy Noran and Moncton at that time. But that was like the only other German in the whole league, you know. And by now, uh, every every year there's the import draft. I see there's at least like two, three new Germans. And like now we have so many more players here than, than we used to have. Um, so it's definitely, definitely been growing. And um, obviously with the success we had over the last couple of years, uh, not just in the Olympics, but also at the World Championships now, um, with getting second the year before or the two years before we got into the finals as well. And I think it opened a lot of eyes uh, back home. And I think, um, yeah, the, the young guys are starting to like hockey and it's not just soccer, you know, but um, obviously it's still still a far way um, to be close to the top nations uh, in the world. But uh, I think we're on a really, really good um, good path. And I think the league back home is doing a good job too with um, having like three under 23 players, German players. And I think um, there's a lot of uh, new faces in the whole German hockey that try to make, to try to grow hockey in Germany. And I think, um, like I said, we're on a really good good path there. When you were traded to the Sharks, did you have any understanding of how many Germans had actually played for the Sharks in their history? Because there's been a lot of notable guys from Germany who have played. <laughs> well, for the yeah, by, by now I I know them all now. Yeah, I think <laughs> um, and when I came here, everyone started telling me all these names right away and everything. I was like, oh, really? They played for the Sharks? So um, I was I was a little surprised, but yeah, no, um, for sure there's. There's a lot of uh, good German history here in, in this team, and hopefully I can keep that going. <laughs> Nico Sturm, a German on the Sharks. I'm sure you you talked to him during training camp, and I know, I, I at least I'm to the understand that you played with him on the national team. Isn't that right? 
Yeah, yeah. So we played last year. Small, small world, right? To to be able. He to was come. actually at my very first uh, Jets development camp as well. After I just got drafted, he was invited to that too. So I knew him ever since then. But then, obviously, yeah, last year we played World Championships together, and now we're at the same place. Yeah. Before we started, you talked a little bit about a specialty school that you went to as a as a kid. In seventh grade, you started. It's kind of tailored towards Olympic sports. It allows for, I, I'm assuming, higher-end athletes to really focus on their sport while balancing their education. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's something that's not necessarily a norm here in the States. Yeah, um, I think you can pretty much maybe like compared a little bit to kind of the college system a little bit maybe. So we would have like, like practice and school would always um, work together. So we'd either have practice before or practice after school or in between. So it would always match. And um, yeah, we were only able to to keep uh, our sport at this level if we were going to go to that. Um, it was called like an elite sports school. And it was actually located right like by the rink. And it was just like a huge sports facility. And so, yeah, we would... Um, we would go there and then all the hockey boys would be in, in, in one class and we'd just go to practice and go to school and then play games at at the, um, at night, at the weekend, you know. But um, the only difference really to the college is we'd go home at night, you know, like we'd all live there, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a little bit like this. And, um, yeah, it was definitely definitely good for my development as well. You grew up in Berlin. It's the largest city in Germany, as you told me off air. What got you into hockey? Who first introduced you into the sport and where did that love begin? <laughs> yeah, my dad used to work for a company in Berlin and they, they're like the big sponsor of the Berlin team. So like they're the number one sponsor. And um, then he got tickets, like he would get tickets once in a while. And one time he took me and... I was just so amazed by that. And I remember just looking at the goalies the whole game and their gear and everything. And I I just wanted to do it right away again. So then like the week after they got me some skates, they got me a stick and they got me actually a bicycle helmet. So um, we went to like some uh, free practice from Berlin and I actually fell straight onto my shin and it was I actually had to like get uh, stitches there. So my parents thought, all right, that's it. Like that's done. Hockey's done. But I don't know. I always wanted to come back and it was always fun. And ever since then, it got me into hockey and yeah, got me playing hockey. <laughs> are you are you an only child or do you have siblings? Yeah. No, yes. I'm an only child. Yeah. So Spoiler. did you have friends that played uh, hockey at all? or No, not like by now, obviously all my friends are hockey. But like before that, we had literally nothing to do really with hockey. It was literally just from that. My dad thought it'd be a cool thing to take me and Ever since then, I'm yeah, I'm a hockey guy. <laughs> well, during the COVID season, you had a chance to go back home and start in Germany. You played for the the aforementioned Berlin team where you grew up. So I'm sure that had to be kind of a cool experience to be able to play back home for the first time at the professional level. And it was due, again, due to COVID. The season had uh, not started. But what was that like for you? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, I mean, for me, it was always kind of like a childhood dream because when I came into hockey, I didn't know what the NHL was. I only saw the DL and I was on, I only had the Berlin, like, ice band as my team, you know. Like, I was a season ticket holder for, like, five years in a row until it got, like, to a professional point with me, obviously. 
and um so it was always like my dream to play i want to play for these guys one day you know and then um yeah once it actually happened at COVID, it was it was pretty cool but um obviously what it's all about over there is the atmosphere the fans and everything you know so it was definitely different we obviously played in front of nobody um but still like to put on that jersey and play in that league was definitely definitely a cool experience so you came over to Cape Breton and then correct me if I'm wrong, you were drafted that following summer by Winnipeg in 2017 in the fifth round. Was that the thought come to North America, be exposed and try to see if I can get drafted? Was that kind of the mission? Yeah. Like um, as soon as I said, um, I'm doing this step because I want to make it to the NHL. Like I'm not coming over here just to play a little junior hockey, but I guess every, it's obviously everyone's dream and everyone's goal. But I think, uh, yeah, as soon as I made this uh, commitment to leave home, to leave my school, I mean, I kept finishing my school, obviously, online. They were really helpful, uh, so I was able to do that. But, um, yeah, like, as soon as I came over, I only had, obviously, that one goal in my mind, and that was making it to the NHL, and that's what I was here for, and that's what I've been trying to do for the last couple of years. <laughs> What do you remember about draft day? Was Winnipeg always a team that you felt like was interested? Uh, and, and where were you when you found out you had been drafted? Yeah, um, no, like I, I wasn't even at the draft. I was back home. Like I wasn't really sure if I was even getting drafted, you know. So like obviously I talked to a bunch of teams uh, that year, like had a bunch of interviews with them, but like nothing where they actually say like, oh yeah, we were really interested or anything. And um, if you're obviously like a later draft pick, it's too obvious to predict. And then I was actually at my uh, buddy's birthday, and we were all watching it in like a YouTube stream. And it was um, it was kind of like a little backed up, obviously, with all of that. And then I got a call from my agent. I remember, and I already looked at them. I was like, "Boys, I just get a call," and they're like, "What? Like, you're not? It's not there, you know." So then I went outside, he's like, yeah, you just got drafted. And I was like, by who? Like, by who? And then he told me Winnipeg. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, I can stay in Canada, you know? So, um, and then I came back and then I actually just got picked there at that point. So they were all obviously happy. And then I just had to get all my stuff and go to death camp right away the next day. It was not much time to celebrate, but um, yeah, I will definitely never forget that moment when we were just waiting on the phone and then I got the call and, yeah, everyone was just excited. It was really, really cool. You've now been at the pro level for four years. Well, fifth year now, and first with San Jose. Watching your career, seeing how it's continued to elevate. Obviously, you know, the goal is to get to the NHL. And I think it's only, it's not a, a matter of if, it's it's a matter of when. I think that's got to be the mentality for any player um, to continue to drive forward. But when that opportunity does come, what's it going to mean to you to be able to play in the NHL? Um, yeah, well, that's what I've been working on uh, my whole life pretty much now. Like, um, that's what I want to achieve. That's my number one goal in life. And um, that's what I'm chasing. And it would obviously mean everything for me. I think um, the path I took now it was definitely not an easy one. And I just really hope it, uh, that I'm going to get rewarded for it uh, eventually. But um, yeah, other than that, I can only say I would obviously... Just make my dream come true, you know. <laughs> Two more for you. Who do you idolize as a kid growing up in Germany? Who's the NHL player that you tried to model your game after? Me? Uh, it was Carlson. <laughs> Eric Carlson? Yeah, and it was actually pretty cool to skate with him this summer because he was still here before the Shires came, and I was actually 
first time on the ice with him. So that was definitely a pretty cool moment. <laughs> Just seeing him on the ice and the way that he moves and the way he sees and, and has such an incredible vision. Uh, what was kind of the biggest eye opener being on the ice with him? Um, well, it was summer skates, so uh, he definitely didn't show it all he had. But uh, yeah, he had some some nice moves. And then there's Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe right next to you there out there with you. And you're just like, wow, where did I just uh, end up here? You know, <laughs> that's incredible. Last one from me. And, and thank you again for this. This has been fun to, to learn a little bit about your path and your journey. You're a defenseman. So how do you land on the blue line? Did you ever you, you said the first time you ever went to a game, you noticed the goalie pads. Was it was goalie ever something that was an attraction or were you always yeah. a defenseman? No, I have, uh, I was always, like, I never played goalie on the ice, actually, but, like, me and my buddy, we would play for hours and hours in our rooms, uh, just, like, mini stick hockey, and I was always the goalie. Like, I had these, like, street hockey pads and, like, a bunch, and I was always the goalie, so I always had, like, a thing for goalie, but thank God on the ice, I never tried it, so, um, yeah, and then, I don't know, I was, like, I used to be a forward in junior, and then one year, a coach just put me on D, and... Yeah, I don't know. Ever since then, I played D, so it's kind of just it just happened like that. Like I don't know. It's there was not really a day where I was like, "Hey, I'm a defenseman" or anything. Like, it well, just I think happened. I think it was meant to be. But you still have that offensive game, uh, you know, that element to your game as well. So, <laughs> Leon, thank you for the time, man. This was great. It was fun to hear again your story a little bit. It'll be fun to see you throughout the year, and we hope that you you get that call and you get your first taste of the NHL again. I think it's only a matter of time. Just got to keep on. You know, putting your head down and working. But uh, thank you again for this. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. A big thank you to Barracuda defenseman Leon Gavanke. That'll do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey.